The O3C Podcast is a proud member of the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the O3C Podcast, coming to you from O3C Games. Who are O3C Games? Jonathan Dunn, me. Chris Dow. <laughs> we buy any car. Minty Booth. Wear a helmet of any type. We love video games. We're talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> Announcement! Announcement! Firstly, thank you for your patience as we took a brief break last week. We hope uh, that you enjoyed your sneak peek into what our lovely Patreon listeners get. If you enjoyed listening to that bonus episode all about architecture in video games and want to hear more, then wait for my family to get COVID again. Uh, (laughs) Or, alternatively, head over to patreon.com slash O3C Games and have a look at some of the pledging tiers that we're offering there and you can hear many more full bonus episodes outtakes, deleted scenes, exclusive video content, and access to the Discord community, which is growing and getting lovelier by the day. The other thing that we want to mention is that because these episodes this season have been creeping longer and longer, uh, we've decided to shift things around a little bit to make the episodes more digestible to listen to for you and for us to prepare and produce. So we're going to be taking an amendment each every week rotating our amendments it means you get to listen to more episodes of us for a start so you know enjoy that and of course we'll be still talking about what we're currently playing each week so you'll you'll always get to hear plenty of all three of our voices every single bloody week hey new this april from hyperx it's the hyperx clutch controller get better control of your mobile gaming with its comfortable grip directional pad analog sticks and shoulder buttons This versatile controller can fit a variety of phone widths and can also connect wirelessly for use on tablets and PCs. Learn more and pick one up online at HyperXNHP.com, Amazon, Micro Center, Target, Best Buy, and other fine retailers. So this week we have Minty's 14th Amendment, I believe. (laughs) Uh, That's going to be hard to keep track of, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Okay, we've got Minty's next amendment. Uh, but before we talk about that, it's uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing in the last week. But it's actually been two weeks, so we've actually played a bloody lot. But Minty's going to start by telling us what he has played in this last week. I've been at a crossroads for a couple of weeks, as um, there's been a lot of a lot of um, a lot of releases that have come out recently. What with such things as uh, the, the Elden Ring, um, need I go on? <laughs> no, no, no. So I've had a lot of stuff on my radar that I want to play, and I thought, what's the best way for me to actually get a good and wide roster of games uh, for as little money as possible, um, so that I actually have something to talk about on the pod? So I have played a muscular eight minutes of the demo of that new Kirby game that's come out. Oh, eight minutes of pleasure. Well, you say that, but... Eight minutes of hatred. Well, not even that, no. Um, <laughs> I know that you have to play more than eight minutes of something, usually, to uh, to, to actually uh, enjoy it. Wasn't gripped. Wasn't gripped, I'm afraid. It, it's gentle, it's fun, it's whimsical. But I don't know. It's, the only other Kirby game I've played is uh, is Kirby's Epic Yarn, which... Which is a delight. I really loved it, but this this is very different because uh, I mean, one, it's got an extra D, so you yeah. have to uh, so you know that 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 adds a a whole new layer of complexity to the controls. Yeah, I liked being um, the car 
that was nice. But yeah, there's just something about it that doesn't grip me. I don't know what it is. I've, always, I've tried to play a lot of Kirby games in the past, but there's just, there's just something missing there for me, I'm afraid. So what else have I been playing? I think I mentioned last episode that I've been playing um, Doom Zero. Ah, uh, yes. Dumo. <laughs> Dumo, yes. Now that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's been added to the uh, to, to to the official roster of add-ons, courtesy of Bethesda. It was kicking my ass, so I I got about halfway through um, the wad and just turned on the cheats and got and played through to the end of the game like that because um, I just kept dying. So I haven't completed that, but I have completed it um, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. So then I moved on to another Doom add-on, back to Saturn X. Which is which is which is highly acclaimed um, in the in the Doom Modern community. Yep, back to Satanx. Saturn Ten. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played the first nine. Um, <laughs> yay, yay. <laughs> yeah, and this is even harder than Doom Zero. Although this is the first time I'm ever playing Doom on Ultra Violence, and I I've got to say I get through. I I haven't turned on cheats yet, and I have. I've been doing okay, but I have been getting through every level by the skin of my fucking teeth, I tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going for 100% kills and 100% secrets, um, as is the way that, uh, that, 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 that these games can be appreciated if you are, if, if, if you are so inclined to, to play them that way. I'm, not, I'm never going to attempt to do like a, a UV speed playthrough because um, I'm just not that good at playing things very quickly. So being methodical and being slightly careful and just making sure that every single fucking thing in each level is dead so that I don't get like, sniped or bum rushed like, go around the corner and yeah bum rushed before the end <laughs> yeah that, it, it's good it's it's really good the levels are designed nobody likes a bum rush <laughs> yeah yeah you can you can tell why they wrote it i think they mm. i think they were playing this this game when they when they wrote that song but yeah it, it's good it's it's exhausting physically mentally spiritually uh, you, you just come away you, you've got sweat dripping down your forehead um you, you, you you've gone down a belt size sounds good yeah i mean it's it's really good it, it it really it really drives home the fact that you are alive <laughs> on this planet <laughs> and you are yeah yeah i get I, I i turn off the game i get up and i just go and do other things i'm like wow you know this is a stubborn stain on this pan but at least it's not like forty revenants that get um, teleported in alongside ten arachnatrons on the very first level. <laughs> I'm feeling yeah, feeling very zen. I've got a new appreciation for for life. Yeah, what else? Uh, I'm nearly finished with my second playthrough, my second cycle of Shimigami Tensei Five. Uh, um, Cox. Yeah, I, I looked at because it carries on from your first save file. And my first save file was eighty hours long, and I've got about to the to the final area now. And this this playthrough has taken me up to a, a a muscular ninety hours. Oh, it's a lot quicker. The second playthrough was a lot quicker, yeah, because I wasn't doing anything silly like um like battling because I, I I chose to to bring all of my uh, all of my superpower demons along with me, so just just to blast through the uh, blast through the story, not have to worry about any of the uh, any of the time sync stuff like random encounters. Uh, more more on that later, I'm sure. But at the moment, I'm currently playing Rune Factory Five. Oh, how is it? I was tempted to get it. Mm. Well, I, I think I'd done Pokemon Legends Arceus, and then I'd done Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, and I thought, that is just a lot of drug-packing 
JRPG mm. and life simmy thing and and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, oh, you know what? I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna play it right now. So I thought I'd wait. But yeah, how is it? Uh, well, you you can't play it at the moment because I picked up the last copy in Cardiff. Oh, you little sniper! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give you a thousand pounds for it. <laughs> no, <laughs> won't even play it. My name's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'll get the shrink wrap back on it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it hurts because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fun at the moment. It's uh, I mean, I'm still in the tutorial, so it's it's slow going, but yeah, it's nice. It's sort of like it's like what 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 if Stardew Valley was an anime and some of the people were werewolves, mm. and instead of a farm, uh, your farm was on the back of a dragon. So that's that. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good fun so far. Oh, well done. Easy, easy to control. Nice to look at. It's. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll have a great time with it. Just going to buy some turnip seeds. Excellent. Well, do you want to find out what I've been playing this week, this last two weeks? I guess so. Yes. I would like to find that out, please. I finished Elden Ring. Of course. It's the greatest <laughs> game of all time. <laughs> the lists are moot. Yep. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, there's some incredibly challenging sections. There was one boss in particular that I wasn't sure if I was going to beat, but I did. It took me. 115 hours to complete it. Uh, it's not quite 100%. I've still got a few areas I haven't fully explored yet. And then there's New Game Plus, obviously. But I've also got an inkling that there's going to be DLC on the way, which is absurd for a game this big. But there's definitely groundwork there. There's like some items I've got that can't be used. There are some sort of quite obvious like areas that aren't accessible yet. So yeah, I'm sure that will that will come. But I mean, all in all, this this game literally has given me everything that I ever want from a video game. It's an incredible adventure. It's got a beautifully told story, satisfying combat and gameplay, insanely good design from like creatures to the characters to the world. So many moments I just stop and look in awe at my surroundings. Like the community aspect of the game is is like the, the most fun I've ever experienced because like for the first time I'm playing a FromSoft game at its release date. So I was discovering things the same time that everybody else was. And seeing like the little messages left for me in the world by other players were, you know, at times essential. Also at times bastard. But being able to like summon players in to help with bosses was always just like a real joy and, you know, another opportunity to learn more about the game, different way people were building their characters. Like in all the time that I summoned people, I never once found someone with like a close like even like a closely identical build to me. Like it's just a phenomenal sense of versatility in this game that that truly allows you to play it however you want like no matter what route you want to go down what aspect of the game interests you the most everyone will suffer just the same it's just like it's an absolute masterpiece it's a masterpiece it's a masterpiece and unless i play another game that's better before the end of this season i can't see why this won't knock every other game i've ever played down the ranking by a single point jurassic park shit <laughs> that's a good point all right well i'm just going to, have to replay some things and uh change my mind on them but the other thing i've played which has proven to be the perfect salve for the grimy harsh and unforgiving elden ring 
is uh, a game that what can only be described as gripped me immediately. Uh, and that is Kirby. <laughs> oh, okay. So I, I did download the demo and I was immediately just in love with it. It was just so, so lovely. Like you said, Minty, very whimsical, uh, very joyous, uh, very colourful, jubilant. I, I knew I was going to get it. And then the reviews that it got were just absolutely outstanding. It removed all sort of shades of fear that I had that it might be another Mario Golf situation where I got my hopes up. This is just lovely. I mean, I've, I've ended up playing more Kirby games than, than, I, than I think, really. I mean, Kirby's Dreamland was on my list. It was one of the very first games I ever played, ever owned, certainly. I played Kirby's Epic Yarn, which was just wonderful. I played Kirby Planet Robobobobot on uh, the 3DS, which was really good. But I think that's it, really. I've dabbled with a few others and like tried them and certainly like gone back and emulated older ones and stuff like that that haven't really sort of gripped me. There's So I'm not really too sure what it is that makes a Kirby game work for me and, and, and what doesn't. But this game is just... It's just so good. It's got a wonderful sense of humour and surprise to it. I mean, I was playing it on the train down to London over the weekend and I I literally laughed out loud a couple (laughs) of times. Just like the variety that's in the game is just superb. Like there's not just a plethora of different abilities that Kirby can swallow and adopt, but you also get to upgrade those powers and then there's like different variations of them as well. So, you know, you can keep playing the game in different ways and different ways. And it's just, it's just remarkably creative and just like really fun to play. It's just, yeah, really, really lovely. It's it's the best 3D platform game I've played since, certainly since Astro's Playroom. It's, I mean, it's, it's leagues better than Sackboy's Adventure. Uh, it's, it's a little bit better than Balan Wonderworld. And I'd say, like, it's even... <laughs> just a touch. So it's it's a six. I, yeah, just, just a six. Just a smidge. Just a smidgen. <laughs> and um, I, I'd say it's even better than Super Mario 3D World as well. Oh, well, that's high praise. You know, and certainly one of my criticisms of that game was a, a sort of a lack of originality, which this game has in absolute spades. And I think, yeah, the team at Hal Abertries has absolutely nailed Kirby's proper transition into 3D. I've still got, you know, a fair amount of the game to play and I, I can't wait to see what else is in there. But it, it's certainly one of those games that I'm going to have no problem going straight back through and 100%ing once I beat it because it, it's just so fun to play. It's such a delight just to experience and just look for all the little secrets and complete all the little missions. It's an absolute gem. Like it really, really is. I think it's the it's the best best Switch game that's come out this year so far. I think it's better than Pokemon Legends Arceus. I think this is shaping up to be an incredible year for games uh, because between those two and Elden Ring, that's three games that are absolutely top draw. Absolutely brilliant. Great fun. Wonderful. Can't recommend it highly enough. And the other thing that I played is I did play the first wave of new tracks on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Pass yes. course yes. pack extravaganza plus Bonanza. Deluxe Edition. <laughs> it's it's great to play more Mario Kart. Let's be honest. These these courses are great. You know, had a bit of a spit and a polish. Some of them have just been basically plonked straight out of Mario Kart Tour on the, uh, the 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 mobile game. And those courses are brilliant as well. The criticism is valid that they absolutely do not look as good as the uh, the main game tracks. In fact, they're really noticeably below what what the game had established. Uh, there's there's very little in the way of like texture. Obviously, the game's running with a nice, decent lighting engine and stuff like that. But you know, the, the, the way that the courses have been built, it's, it, it's it doesn't feel like the the same love and care has gone into into them as uh, as you know all of the other tracks that are in the game, which doesn't change how fun it is to play. But 
you know, it does, I mean, quite literally take the shine off it a little bit. <laughs> but I think that, I mean, Nintendo aren't, aren't necessarily ones to, to listen to criticism. So I don't know if they'll polish these ones or put a bit more effort into the ones that they are going to be putting uh, into the game. I mean, it's still incredible value. Chris, you described it as like Mario Kart 7.5. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it does... It, fe- it feels more like that. I'm I'm glad that it's bundled in with the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Whatever it is I bought that, you know, gives you more stuff, it's included in that. And yeah, I, I, I great fun playing through the tracks. Really good fun. There's one, there's uh, certainly the ones from Mario Kart Tour are brilliant. Really, really good. Really clever. I haven't three starred 200 cc yet but i have three starred everything up to that point so yeah we'll we'll get back on there and uh and beat those but certainly before wave two comes out but i think it's, it's just it's just really fun it's just nice to know that there's more stuff coming i mean it's the game that keeps on <laughs> keeps on giving and clearly the audience is reciprocating that because it never seems to be out of the top 10 no it's insane for a game that's what like 400 years old now <laughs> and, and clear everyone must own it Who's who's going to own it? And yet people are still buying it. It's not saying it's it's still in the top ten top selling games of all time. It's active. That's active ranking. People are still buying it more than they're buying so many other games that are coming out right now on PlayStation on the Xbox. You know, it's mad. It's a really good game. It's a really good game. The, the booster pack. The day it came out, I woke up an hour early so I could play the tracks before I went to work, <laughs> and I had a really nice time. And, and as much as you know, like you say, they're they're not quite as as shiny, I guess, as some of the stuff that was in the core game. They end up being whichever way you've purchased them, either through the expansion pack thing or, or outright, like I did. If you pay it with currency, it's about fifty p a track. I'm going to get my money's worth out of fifty p a track. Insane, yeah, that's ridiculous, isn't it? You know, if nothing else, playing through that first wave, I was really sort of. I wasn't sure if they were going to go full band recordings of these songs. That that was what was going to sell me on this. Yeah. And I spoke to two two other friends about a week before it came out, and they didn't know it was even coming. <laughs> and I said, you know, you know, new tracks, new tracks, boys, and everyone was really excited. And then they both said, "Is it, is it going to have the music?" And I was like, "Tell you what." As soon as I play it, I'll tell you. Yeah. And and I messaged them both at like 5.05 a.m. <laughs> on the day to say, the band's here, boys. <laughs> like, Excellent. The, the music, especially for uh, for Ninja Hideaway oh, from yeah, the Mario Kart so Tour, good. is brilliant. Even if individually, perhaps they're not quite as, as snazzy. If you imagine this just within a pool of tracks, there's loads of good stuff. Uh, and I can't wait to, to play more over the next year and a half, however long they're going to roll them out for. Speaking of music, the music in Kirby is also absolutely superb. Of course. It feels like in the same same vein as Mario Kart 8, Super Mario Odyssey. It's It's got, it's just so polished. So nice. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about things. Chris, talk about things. What have you played? I tell you, I tell you what you probably haven't, haven't been man enough to try is Elden Ring. Oh. God, you loser. Well, I've played a few things since we last recorded. Like you say, it's about two weeks ago. And I'm going to talk about two games, as that's where I've put the majority of my playtime. One of them is a game that's very much in my wheelhouse. And one is <laughs> Mr. Snobby, uh, Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so, so starting on brand, uh, Chocobo GP. <laughs> I, I was really keen for this when it was surprise announced at the Nintendo Direct, however long ago. And then before it came out, reviews looked great. 
And then when it actually released, similar to Gran Turismo 7, the microtransaction economy was suddenly switched on. And you could say charitably that people were not that happy. <laughs> I, I still really wanted to play it, though. And I'm super glad I gave it a chance because it's an excellent kart racer. You know, we've just talked about Mario Kart 8. If that's the gold standard, this sits right in the silver tier for feel and control and sense of speed alongside the Sonic racing games and, and things like that. Mechanically, Chocobo is actually quite a technical racer. Like you have a lot of control over your drifts in a different way than you do in Mario Kart. And at higher speeds, you're expected to kind of combo drifting along with the brake to keep your cornering smooth. So it's kind of a, a different sort of skill and strategy to it. And a lot of the tracks are quite short as well. That means that you need to be thinking about defensive items as much as offensive items if you want to be ready to quickly block and counter to stay ahead during the last lap. And it does add kind of a level of strategy that sometimes feels a little out of your control with Mario Kart. You know, there's always those times when you're on the home stretch and you get hit with a blue shell and then a red shell and then a green shell and then the fucking lightning bolt as well. And it makes me want to die. And and that does, it, it definitely happens in Chocobo as well. But sometimes when you're at that final stretch, in, you know, you still get this equivalent of just a massive load of items. But you can sort of look at the items you're carrying and, and sort of think a bit more strategically. And even when you fuck up and, and do kind of get knocked off the top spot, you think, well, I could have played that better, actually. So it's, it, it makes you want to go back and, and, you know, have another go. The game's got a story mode. It's got a Grand Prix mode. It's got time trials. There's lots to do as, as a single player. But the elephant in the race, the microtransactions are there. They're all tied to cosmetics. They all fit in this kind of probably ill-advised like battle pass that runs alongside the main online Chocobo GP mode. And they don't need to be here at all. And I'm not going to defend their inclusion because microtransactions are always based around greed. That's, that's what they're there for. But I do think a lot of the ire that's been expressed online comes from a commentariat who are looking at this from a distance and not as players actually trying to enjoy the game anymore. Because they put out reviews that were overwhelmingly positive. You know, the racing's great. There's loads of single-player content. I really enjoyed it. And then a week later, the same sites and publications are running these addendum pieces on how it's utterly ruined the experience and, and taken away everything they loved about this game just a week prior. And, and I don't think that's fair, even if they are, you know, they are grubby. And I think Square Enix have shot themselves in the foot by including this sort of thing in a game which just, it could have stood on its own. It doesn't need them. But if you go into it kind of understanding what the game is, kind of accept the workings of the battle pass, whether you're going to kind of engage with it or not, um, it's just a really good time. And there's enough here to enjoy that you'll never need to access the online modes if you don't want to. It, they can be a totally optional thing. But they're really fucking fun. <laughs> like the, the the online mode, it, it's a kind of battle royale thing. So you start in a pool of 64 players and then you complete a series of eight player races with the top four progressing each time. And it's, it's as addictive for me as when I was playing Tetris 99, just relentlessly when it first came out. Um, like I, I finish, you know, whether I do well or not, and I'm just immediately loading another round. And I've come third overall, I've come second overall. And then this last weekend, I finally cracked pole position with a photo finish. Like I beat the person behind me by, must have been like a hundredth of a second. And it, it felt absolutely unreal. <laughs> like I, I just really, really love it. And I've played probably 12 hours or so of this mode in the last week or so alone. And I don't feel ready to stop yet. You know, I've naturally got kind of halfway along the battle pass just by playing. Uh, I've unlocked some currency to spend on other bits. I've got some stupid stickers and backgrounds and whatever. That's all meaningless. But I haven't spent any real money and I don't feel any need to because every three or four races within the, the Chocobo GP, I go up a level and that's fine. And the only thing that is truly gated 
to like a premium currency, which you don't unlock, is a, a trio of hats for your chocobo. Oh, you love hats, you know, though. W- I do. So, like, would I like them? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love a hat. But but does it make the game any better or worse? No, <laughs> it doesn't. So, you know, anyone who wants to try it, there is a light version for free on the eShop. And I think that just lets you try out the online Chocobo GP mode. And it kind of, it works quite well that it's acting as a demo for the full game, but also it keeps the player base for multiplayer high because you're not gated from any of the tracks. Whatever tracks are in rotation for the GP, you, you just get chucked into as the free player as well. So if you want to try it, it's there. If you don't like it, it's cost you nothing. And, you know, that's that's a pretty good way to look at it, I think. There's missteps here for sure, but it is a very good racing game. And I don't know if eventually the economy will just sink the game. You know, maybe. But right now, it's a good time. And Chris is enjoying it. Good. I'm glad. I, I have downloaded the light version. Uh, I haven't given it a go yet, yeah. but I uh, I will do. Now, the other thing is Elden Ring, yeah. uh, as, as I've alluded to. <laughs> I, I ummed and ahed over picking this up since launch, basically. And someone I follow on Twitter was selling their copy quite cheap after they rolled the credits. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll give in to the kind of wanderlust that has made <laughs> me want to play it. And I will I will give a Souls game a proper go. And I'm now oh, 15 hours in, maybe. Wow. And I'm, I'm sitting on the fence between thinking, oh, I bloody love this game, as well as this game is going to drive me insane. <laughs> like, there's there's no point me recapping some of the good stuff it does because as the Resident Souls fan, Jonathan, you've you've done that brilliantly over the last few it's weeks. A good game. You know, you've said how it how it iterates in the Souls formula, you've said how it shakes up open world design by taking proper inspiration from Breath of the Wild instead of just paying lip service to it. You know, it's it's a good evolution of this genre. But as a series newcomer, and because my exposure to date has been maybe an hour of the first Dark Souls and that's it. I don't think this is as welcoming as people suggest, <laughs> like being really honest, because, you know, it may well have a softer curve to begin with than the previous games in the series. But even with the rhythm of combat explained in the opening tutorial section, I still died probably five or six times walking the first 10 yards into the open <laughs> world. <laughs> and and it's because it's it's so hard to unlearn the kind of hammer the button to attack method of play that most people have been taught to employ since the arcade and then like 8-bit consoles, you know, since I've been playing games, essentially. And in the same way that giving someone a controller and whacking on Tony Hawk's when they've had no prior exposure to the series, it just guarantees them failure. The Souls games have such a particular control method and gameplay loop and general play approach that even as a veteran player of games generally, I was not prepared at all for how to play something this still deliberately spiky and obtuse (laughs) i think are words you could use to describe it like i can deal with the hilarious joke to place an impossibly hard enemy right at the gate of your adventure because that's 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 pretty funny you know that's cruelly funny you know very so put that in a box it's like yeah yeah you got me there okay put that to one side but the whole stamina based combat and the strange control setup at least when you're getting started and completely obfuscated stats and item descriptions and everything else there's just there is such a lot to take on board and it's it's a lot to process, but it is a lot of fun. It's genuinely a lot of fun. And I knew that once I got the basics that I'd enjoy just romping about and finding things organically because, mm. you know, sense of place, you know, that's, that's <laughs> the Chris thing, isn't it? But I, I have also really enjoyed the trial and error learning process of combat and big encounters when I've got a bit more comfortable. And I think it goes back to when I mentioned like time trials in racing games a few weeks ago. I can feel a difference in my play every time I come across an enemy that I recognize. 
because now my brain is slowly after 10, 15 hours going, right, parry that, roll there, stagger that attack, jump, cleave, you know, whatever I'm doing. And even though bosses have still been an agonizing war of attrition sometimes, the 150 times it must have taken me to to beat the first big gatekeeper, Margit, I wasn't not enjoying myself, even when I felt bludgeoned. (laughs) And to actually do it and have the sense of kind of achievement I've got through something like that, it made it feel very rewarding. And that's the point, isn't it? It is. That's why people like these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I still think there are things that I genuinely believe Breath of the Wild does better when it comes to this branch of the open world format. Because thinking back, like the, the opening message of kind of destroy Ganon in that game that comes up when you first begin, and that's, that's Link's driving purpose in the quest. I never felt as beholden to that as I have following, I guess, the main trail in Elden Ring. And I know that you and lots of others that I've chatted with, Jonathan, have encouraged me to to wander off and level up and fight named enemies and find bits and bobs that are going to help on my quest. But there's kind of a level of fear because of this series and kind of everything else that connects to it that I don't want to lose all my runes or I don't want to come across a fucking dragon 20 times my size <laughs> because all these things are just this ever-present worry, even if you can usually do a kind of drive-by on your horse to pick up the runes that you've lost and then sprint away. So I, I know it's not kind of absolute most of the time. But Breath of the Wild, as tough as it can be, and it can be really harsh at times, it never felt to me that it had the same potential for like total loss as in Elden Ring sometimes, because it's just, Elden Ring is still quite a bleak experience. The whole world mm-hmm. is bleak. It's meant, it's meant to feel oppressive. And, and that's something that I haven't managed to shake yet, I guess. I suppose this is the point everyone listening goes, well, if you've had the experience, then it's not a loss at all. And I know, I get that, but... For me, rationalising how to approach a game like this that's so far outside of my comfort zone is what's taking the most adjustment. And I know there's not a right way to approach this thing. And as you said earlier, like everyone has their own playstyle, everyone has their own kind of character build and everything else. And I realise that death is very much part of the whole experience and that's the point. But I'm not fully in the soul's mindset yet. And when I've got kind of hung up on certain areas or encounters like Margit, for example, or a couple of other early game optional encounters... I get stuck in this loop of like, die, retry, die, retry. And as much as others are saying, just go and do something else. Go and do something different. You flipping won't, will you? Yeah, no, because my brain is going, you should carry on because this is where the game wants you to be. And it's down to you to learn it and get better. <laughs> and I think it's it's partly just my head has been broken by orbiting the Dark Souls sort of get good discourse mm. as a satellite for the last decade or so. And I know it doesn't have to be exclusively like that. And I just need to learn that it's it's my game. And I can play it however I like. Yes. But, you know, it, it will take a bit of time. But I am I am really enjoying it. And, you know, it's it's a very, very good game. Don't get me wrong. Over the weekend, I was playing for an hour or so. I'd put it down and then I'd find myself unconsciously booting the PlayStation back up again. Yeah. So it's it's definitely in there now, like a little worm that's burrowing into my brain. <laughs> unconsciously just cancelling all your social plans so you can play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but even with this obsession with kind of playing... I think it's going to take me a while to orient myself to find the best way to play it. You know, there's a difference in kind of, I'm putting the time in to kind of thinking what I'm doing when I'm actually putting the time in, if that makes sense. Mm. So yeah, give give me a week or so, check in again (laughs) next time we record and we'll see how much progress I've made, but I'm getting better. I'm enjoying it more. And I, uh, I do feel like I'm, I'm starting to, starting to get the hang of it. Good. Well done. I'm, I, uh, I've had a good couple of sessions watching you when you've been uh, streaming it, throwing in a few bits of advice and stuff. It's just, it's, 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 a, yeah. it's a wonderful 
it's a it's a wonderful feeling to like engage with with people in this way with these sort of games um that sense of like like I said, like that sense of community that you get in the game is brilliant. But when you can actually have that with somebody you know, <laughs> that's just really, yeah. really lovely. And um, I've really enjoyed it. And I've, I've enjoyed like seeing you get conflicting pieces of advice. Yeah. And that's just because it's like, well, this is how I would do it. And then somebody's like, well, this is how I would do it. There's no right or wrong. But it's, uh, yeah, and then just finding what's what works best for you. And you've, stu- you've stuck with it. And I think that certainly getting past, like, Margit is, is a huge thing to get past. If you can get past that, there's nothing stopping you getting all the way to the end. I hope so. I mean, with that boss, I, I'm still sad that I had to resort to using some of the no, summons no, and supports. I, like this is this is the mentality. It's oh, it's part of the game. That's like it's it's deliberately part of the game. <laughs> I know, I know. But what what I was really thinking in my head was like, okay, I've I've never played one of these games, and I know it's about kind of thinking about patterns. It's about learning things. It's about kind of appreciating the tools you have at your disposal. You know, which does include things like these summons, but. I, I wanted to just get to a point where I was like, I'm I'm beating this thing because I've understood and learned how it works. Because I know that is that's part of it as well. Like it has to be part of it. Because even a regular encounter, you can lose to it if you're not thinking about what do I do and what do I not do at this time. Yeah. And for for my own kind of uh, satisfaction, I could consistently get uh, Margaret down to half health with nothing. And that was without sometimes even taking much damage or having to use any kind of life refills because it was at a point where I was like, I know if he does that, he's going to do this. And that's when <laughs> yeah. I roll and that's when I stab and all these things. And I was really enjoying that. And then it got to a point where it's like, I, I can't process this anymore. It's like, I've, I've learned as much as I can retain for this encounter. And after bashing my head against that for half a day, it was like, right, fuck it. <laughs> I'll just use the summons. We just got to get through it. But I think I, I still needed that. Like a big part of this getting used to this series was those few hours when I was just making this incremental progress because it was sort of understanding that it's like, no, that is part of the game as well. You do need to learn these things. And sometimes you're going to get, you're going to come across these hardships that you're not just going to be in, in a snap. You, you need to kind of improve as a player. And, you know, think back to when I talked about the witness, kind of your brain leveling up. It's, there's elements of that in it. You know, it's, it's something you're controlling with your hand. So it's a very physical thing uh, and all about kind of your motor skills and reaction times. But equally, it's being able to read the situation properly and seeing that it's like, oh, he's pulled up. He's going <laughs> to he's going to jump. Yes, he has. And I knew he would. And and kind of having that stuff in your brain is what made me start feeling like, yes, I'm fucking good at this game. And and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not good at this game. But for just a bit seconds, it felt like I could be. Uh, and I think that helped make me think I'm, I'm going to keep going with this. So in a bid to keep these episodes shorter, what would you decide to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jonathan Dunn. Minty, what's your amendment? Tell us all about it. What's going in your list? What's coming out? I'm getting the new phone in a couple of days because over the weekend, I, oh, I should have said this um, when we were doing what you were playing, but over the weekend, I imported a Digimon Vital Bracelet. Mm. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, I, I got it just in time to do the half marathon. Um, yeah, well done on doing that, by the way. Oh yeah, I feel like my lower body's been chewed. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got this. Um, I, I got this little, um, this little Fitbit looking Digimon thing. 
put a Digimon in it, went on the half marathon, and it was really bright, and the screen wasn't as bright as the entire sun. <laughs> so I heard it beeping as I was running around, and I said, like, okay, well, I'll just press, you know, the confirm button and, and all that. Turns out I was having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, might as well have been. But yeah, I, I uploaded my Digimon back into my phone, and um, and it was in a very, very bad mood <laughs> and very injured, because I was, as I was running around, um, I was like setting it to do battles with uh, with random Digimon that I come across, I guess. And it just got its ass handed to it time yeah. and time and time again. So oh, no love. Yeah. Should have should have read the instructions before I um before I did any of that. Do you remember manuals? Yeah, oh gosh. The, the, the one that came came with this because it's an import, you know, it's all in Japanese, so might as well not have had it at all, sadly. But um that's just one of my own um, shortcomings. Anywho, I uh, I imported this digital vice this Digimon vital bracelet. And I got a hold of the companion app as well, and it absolutely ruins my poor phone. Like, I don't want to say this is an this is an old phone, but its it, its default ringtone is uh, "Yabba Dabba Do." <laughs> <laughs> it's so old that every time I want to turn it on, I have to I have to, I have to insert a crank into the front. Hooray! I, um, every every every, every t- like my my phone is so old. My my number is twelve. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, uh, it's uh, it's so old. Every time I have to try, try try and uh, <laughs> try and use an app, it gets in, like incredibly hot and takes a really long time to load. Um, every time I want to make a phone call, I have to insert a coin. So I've got a new phone coming in a few days, and I'm excited for the extra juice it'll offer. But my thirst for swifter loading times got me thinking back to my childhood when, as you know, I was younger. <laughs> Technology just. It, it didn't just whir, like with with the sound of fans cooling down extremely powerful components. They, they, they grumbled and they gurgled like there was a little guy inside who got pissed off every time he clicked on something and he had to you know hoist it up onto the screen or whatever. <laughs> I don't mind a loading time. Most of my consoles over the years have been cartridge based, so I've never had to deal with anything too egregious as of late. But I think I think the longest load time I've had recently was uh, was was Skyrim. But nowadays they're all full of like fun trivia and useful tips instead of just a, a little a blank screen with the words now loading at the bottom, and they're all interstitial, like choppy, choppy, jumpy. Do you know what I miss? Flash game loading screens. They did it all at once at the beginning and treated it like a fucking movie poster, <laughs> not the stupid <laughs> shit movie posters that that, you, that everybody's doing nowadays with like a triangle of people staring into the top corners. These are actually good. They give you an idea of what to expect when you play the game, not just the people that you're going to see in it. I, I promise I am going to talk about a game today, but they had to grab you, didn't they? These flash game loading screens. They didn't have like, box art or reviews in respected publications and gaming websites. Uh, no, they just had an enticing thumbnail, uh, maybe a, a tiny blurb, a rating if they were lucky. They had to work with a. They had to work a lot harder to get your attention and get played. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I'm finally putting a flash game into my list today. Number one. Ooh. The slow loading screen at the start, the slow internet speed, the computer going <laughs> under the desk. I miss it. I, I, complete experience for me. It's almost meditative. And we all love pop cap games, don't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies, Bejeweled, uh, Peggle. Yes. I think Peggle's yes. a pop cap game. I looked into it, actually, and yes, yes, it is. I also looked into the game that I'm talking about today, and it was uh, it was distributed and published by PopCap, but they didn't make it. It was made by one man called George Fan. 
He developed it after being inspired by the earlier PopCap games, and he created something that was, in his words, easy to get to grips with, but offered layers of complexity as he played. It took him a month to make it, and it also won an award for innovation at the Game Developers Conference in 2001. It was picked up by PopCap uh, subsequently and worked on for another two years before being published in full in 2004. You ever had a pet fish? Mm, only uh, via my parents. They've had a lot of fish over the years. No. Well, you're not missing much, Jonathan. They're nice to look at, but a little boring. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's not much you can do with a fish. They're just these little guys that live in a jar in your room. Every now and then you feed them flakes that smell like smegma, and that's about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm. that's about it they're, they're a low effort pet like what if we introduced peril into the concept of owning a fish what if they died if you didn't feed them for 30 seconds what what if they shat out gold what if the act of placing a fish in a fish bowl caused some kind of temporal anomaly that allowed aliens to invade well my friends that sounds a lot like today's game the bright silly and exciting Insan Aquarium. Oh, Insan Aquarium. It's a good name. Good portmanteau. Uh, yeah. Good name. Good portmanteau. Good game. You are yourself in this game, and you are taking care of fish. You feed them. They poop out coins, so you can buy more food and more fish, which then poop out more coins, which give you gives you more money to buy more fish. Uh, you can then upgrade to better food and better fish. You save up to buy three egg pieces, which then ends the level. The egg then hatches into a new tank buddy who does things like uh, collect any coins that you miss or uh, creates a valuable pearl or uh, maybe one that even sings to your fish to make them shit out more coins because they're so relaxed, I guess. Simple gameplay loop. Buy fish, feed fish, buy egg. Simple as that. Or is it? Earlier I mentioned aliens, which periodically uh, warp into your tank and you've got to kill them. They'll eat your fish if you don't. So as you progress, the aliens have different weak points. They get stronger. There's, there's something that more of them will appear at once. So you've got to really stay on the ball if you want to keep your fish safe. Like I said, the developer wanted to make a game that is it's simple to figure out, but it adds, adds depth as you play. And he absolutely nails it. It sucks you in with its cheery, simple graphics. Nice, gentle-placed gameplay in the early levels. It's more a gentle resource management sim than anything else to start off with. Like, Do you risk your fish starving to spend... Uh, your spare cash on a new fish or an upgrade or do you just plod along at a slow pace keep feeding them and enjoy the almost zen experience of just having a nice gentle uh, tank for the fish new fish new buddies and new aliens are drip fed into the game so you're, you're never overwhelmed and the, and the switch from gentle fish feeding sim to full-on tank warfare game is is <laughs> gradual to the point of imperceptibility. And I know it's it's it, it, it's a fairly old game now, and, and I think it was one of the very very first ones that that PopCap developed. Looking at um, the list of games that they've done, so um, it might not hold up as well as it uh, uh, as it did back then. But I've got a real real fondness for it. It's it's really lovely, and I I, I must have spent probably hundreds of evenings just uh, just working through the levels at uh, a nice slow pace just feeding the fish killing the aliens getting my buddies upgrading things it's yeah very satisfying game very gentle game that said it's time to get it into my list 
I'm going to take out yet another game that I <laughs> I didn't complete. It's going straight in at number 90, and it's replacing Star Wars on the NES. Oh, I forgot that was even in there. Yeah, yeah, me too, <laughs> until I looked at the list. So that's, that's, a, that's a good sign that it doesn't really belong there. Yeah, swap it out, get it in the bin. Yeah, like I said, now that I've played more than 100 games, <laughs> all bets are off. So, <laughs> so yeah, there we go. Number My new number 90 is in San Aquarium by George Fan distributed by PopCap. I think it I think the uh, the deluxe edition you can get on I think I think I think that's been released as like a full complete edition that you can you can pay a little for and that's like the full insan aquarium experience. Let me just have a little look. Oh, it is. It's on Steam. £4.25. Oh, that's a bargain. Oh, it's great fun. I, I do I do like PopCap a lot. Even even if you say it's it's a one man team that they just published. That's that's enough to make me grab it. Yeah. And some of the enemies get re- some of the aliens get really big. Elden Ring <laughs> ticks all the boxes. There's some good reviews on the Steam page, Minty. There's some good uh, some good reviews on the uh, on the Google page as well. <laughs> one, one just says, "I like carpal tunnel syndrome." <laughs> <laughs> I have truly dedicated my life to this game, and despite all of the personal yeah. sacrifices, the strain on my marriage, and serious health problems this game has caused me, I would not trade it for anything in the world. <laughs> There's a similar one here that's just, this game ruined my life and my wrists, 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's all good. It's all good. So, there we go. Thank you very much, Minty, for bringing your amendment to this table. The game, of course, was... Insaniquarium. Did we see that coming? No. (laughs) If you've enjoyed this episode, then please do chat to us on social media. Follow us on things. We're at O3C Games. And check out our website, O3C.Games, where there's loads of articles and fun things that we've written and cool things that we've made that you can watch and listen to and read. And it's just great. It's great. Follow it. Share it with your friends. Tell people about it. And if you're really enjoying what we're doing, you can go to patreon.com slash O3C games or you can go to O3C.games slash support. If you want to chuck us a few quid as a little one-off payment, as a little donation to say thanks very much, we'd really appreciate that. Or you can check out those pledging tiers on Patreon if you want to get even more and just get just get welcomed into our lovely squishy inner circle. <laughs> or you can reach out to us individually. You can give Chris hints on Elden Ring. You can talk to me about... You can talk to Minty about going insane in an aquarium. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm on Twitter at Jonathan Dunn. I am at Chaz underscore Hodges. I am Clement underscore Boo. And please do join us next week where Chris will be amending his list even further. I can't wait. Gonna have to. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long, it's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts, here on the HyperX Podcast Network. New this April from HyperX, it's the HyperX Clutch Controller. Get better control of your mobile gaming with its comfortable grip, directional pad, analog sticks and shoulder buttons. This versatile controller can fit a variety of phone widths and can also connect wirelessly for use on tablets and PCs. 
learn more, pick up one online at hyperxandhp.com. Amazon, Micro Center, Target, Best Buy, many other fine retailers, probably in the UK as well. Hopefully. I don't know. Have a look. 